Desert Diaries. Week 45. Hello, Arizona calling. And this week, I've been wet. I mean, first of all, Orlando for work was a bit dark and stormy at times. And actually, it was completely insane to get off the plane in Florida and whoosh, the humidity hit me like a ton of bricks. Now, I know it's only March and the state's reputation for feeling swamp-like doesn't really kick in until at least late spring. But I suppose living in such a dry atmosphere for such a long time, I hadn't really realised what moisture in the air feels like anymore. Manchester's going to be interesting, right? Uh, Anyway, Arizona is clearly famous for its furnace-like temperatures in the summer. But as soon as you talk about it, and talk about how hot it gets. I think it's state law that you also need to have to say the sentence, but it's a dry heat. (laughs) Everyone says it. I've said it thousands of times. I've had it said thousands of times to me. But really, when you live in a place where there's virtually no humidity, it is much easier to stay comfortable. All you need to do is sort of pop a fan on and you're completely fine. Even when it's like the seventh circle of hell in your back garden. Mind you, ask me again in July when I will mainly be living in a swimming pool. Anyway, I had a great time at the conference, catching up with old friends, meeting lots of new ones. And for the sake of my husband and children listening to this, working very hard, very hard indeed. Being in bed by ooh, 10 o'clock at the latest every single night. Oh, it was great. Coming back home, though, I felt it again. <laughs> Just that mad, delicious rush of joy that I was getting on a plane in an American city to fly home. And when that plane landed, I would still be in America. (laughs) I know this might make no sense at all to you, but I can't tell you how happy that makes me. (laughs) I just absolutely loved it. Again, the kick of getting on a plane in America without a passport. I was travelling with my friend Evo, who said as we approached security... Oh, you better go first, you immigrant. You'll be ages with all your funny foreign paperwork. (laughs) He does have a very sarcastic sense of humour. He could basically be British. But of course, I then whipped out my Arizona driving licence and skipped onto the plane without a sniff of a passport. It is really the little things that bring you so much happiness. Once home, Phoenix celebrated my return by raining and raining and raining. I genuinely think it's trying to acclimatise me for going back to Manchester for a couple of weeks, but its plans were scuppered when I walked to my mailbox in my front garden and saw a bobcat. Yes, my first bobcat. What a beauty he was. He was kind of the size and build of a lion cub, quite a stocky body and quite stocky legs as well. Well, thick legs at least, maybe a bit long, but quite thick, much thicker than a regular cat's. I think he might have been a youngster, though. He was, oh, beautiful, a really gorgeous, lovely, sandy, tabby colour with that famous bobcat stubby tail. They're really shy. And as soon as he saw me, he froze. I froze and was trying to shout to one of the girls out the corner of my mouth to try and fetch my phone so I could take a snap. So what ensued was me comedically trying to edge back to my front door (laughs) without startling him, whilst kind of in a stage whisper out the corner of my mouth, girls, girls, girls. All went well, of course, until my eight-year-old actually heard me and came crashing through the front door. What do you want? And just like that, he was gone. I think I might have got the full Arizona wildlife bingo card now. Bobcat, javelina, coyote, snake, spider, 
eagle and scorpion. I've seen a lot all within a few yards of my front door. I don't have a diamondback, the Arizona diamondback rattlesnake on there just yet. I've seen other snakes, but not the diamondback. I'm kind of okay with that right now. I've seen it behind glass. That one can wait. Actually, I wanted to share with you, I had a really strange experience yesterday. My eldest daughter had two friends over for a sleepover. They're 12, so I pretty much let them fend for themselves, making toast and eating biscuits all night. But the next day, I made them some pasta for lunch. One of the girls didn't want it. I said, oh, do you want something else? Do you want some soup? She did not want some soup. Did she want some pita bread and hummus or a salad? She did not want any of those things. So she went back into my daughter's room. I didn't really think anything more of it. (laughs) Till the doorbell went, there's a delivery man. This girl had called her mum, mom, to tell her she was hungry. And the mum, the mom, had ordered her pizza and had that pizza delivered to my house. (laughs) whilst her daughter's staying with me, without telling me. She didn't text me, nothing. I didn't really know how to react. I was like, is this a cultural difference or something? Is this normal in the States? I just was really confused. I just called her and said, oh, there's a pizza here for you. When the mum arrived, I kind of didn't mention it and brushed it over. If you are American and listening to this, or if you've spent some time in America, am I being uptight and British to feel a little bit offended by this. <laughs> I am more than happy to take all opinions, okay? Tweet me at Walker Sam. That's where you can find me on Twitter, at Walker Sam. So as I sit here talking to you, I'm due to be on a plane to England tomorrow, arriving Friday morning. So unless I get an update, as coronavirus changes so many of our plans, I should be back in the UK by the time you hear this. I've got to be honest, I feel a bit weird. I mean, I suppose... It's been nearly a year since I left. Whilst I can't wait to see my dad and my friends, I don't know how I feel about walking back into the BBC where I worked for so long. How am I going to feel? How cold am I actually going to feel? Am I going to be some shivering wreck the whole time I'm there? Will it feel like home? Will I get a pang of missing it when I'm back? I just don't know. I'm on the radio a fair bit over the next week or so, so do check out the Facebook page. Just search for Sam Walker's Desert Diaries. Click like, click follow, come and say hello. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to know from where you're listening, where in England, where in the rest of the world. It'd be great to connect with you. So do get in touch and drop me a message or can you write on a wall? Is that a Facebook thing anymore? I don't know. Leave me a message. You can get in touch somehow. You're much more tech savvy than I. So Sam Walker's Desert Diaries is where you can find me on Facebook. Or, of course, I'm on Instagram as well, at Sam Walker Radio. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you in... Oh, no, I won't, will I? I guess. I'll see you in Manchester. Well, an update. So if you follow me on social media, you'll probably be aware that I'm still very much not sitting in an aeroplane over the sea with someone's tray table under my chin. I'm, in fact, still very much in the desert. Ah, what a 24 hours. So not long after recording the podcast, I checked in for my flight and then Donald Trump announced his somewhat confusing and inconsistent travel ban from Europe or some of Europe, but not the UK or Ireland or indeed some other European countries, but also on cargo. Oh, no, not on cargo. You know, the usual, very clear, concise message we have come to expect. Anyway, as the kids would say, my phone proceeded to then blow up 
with people from both sides of the Atlantic somewhat freaking out. So I had a not insignificant meltdown and then decided to go and drink a margarita and eat a burrito at a really brilliant Mexican place that I love, actually. Dia Libre Uno on Northern Avenue, if you're a local. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Anyway, the margarita burrito combo, as hard as it is to say, managed to work its magic. And I got home and made a huge decision not to come. Ah, I suppose for three main reasons. I think that sitting on a long international flight and then jumping around on trains and buses and in rooms of crowded people for the next two weeks while staying with my elderly dad who's just getting over major surgery isn't the most sensible thing I could do. You could call it selfish, in fact. Secondly, we just don't know what's going to happen. Now, I'm not a fan of a knee-jerk reaction by any stretch of the imagination. I do currently have only a small number of toilet rolls in my bathroom. But there is talk here of schools closing, Dave's companies asking people to work from home, it's banned all work travel. I think the family needs me here right now. If Dave was to get poorly and I was 6,000 miles away, that is going to be tough. Thirdly, what if the UK decides to do as Italy has done or India and pretty much shut up shop? I'd be stuck. What if our great orange leader here decides to quarantine any returning non-citizens for a few weeks before they can return? What then? There are already suggestions that that might actually happen. So, bleh, we're living in strange times. So instead of heading to England today, I've instead spent literally 12 hours on hold to the airline. 12 hours. No pickup. Curses. I guess everyone's having a bad day, really, aren't they? Well, I'm beyond gutted not to see my dad. I don't know when I'm going to see him now. I'm really lucky to be able to ring him, I suppose, whenever I want. And technology means it doesn't cost me anything to do that. So we had a long, long chat today. But I just really wanted to give him a hug, you know. And of course, with the massive uncertainty, there is just no way my mum can come and visit next month. And you know how long I had been holding out for that. The irony is her scan results were really good. She then also passed her altitude breathing test with flying colours. She's a warrior. And then this bloody virus. But if there's a definition of someone with underlying health conditions, someone in their 70s living with lung cancer, yeah, it's pretty much up there, right? We just can't do it. So no dad and no mum when I thought I'd be lucky enough to see them both this spring. But hey, this is out of our control. We've got to make the best of it. Have to remember, I suppose, a lot of people won't be seeing their families ever, courtesy of coronavirus. So I'm really grateful mine have got the chance to stay safe, as safe as they can. In other news, another very sad casualty of this cancelled trip. I was really looking forward to a curry. <laughs> there is a dearth of decent Indian food here in the valley. So, oh, that Indian on the Washway Road had my name on a table at 6pm Friday night. But hey-ho, I'll have to force down another burrito and a margarita. All three. See you in the desert.